Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more. Visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He lives in Belize. And we'll also visit with a former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. It is February the 16th, and on this day in 1923 in Thebes, Egypt, uh, English archaeologist Howard Carter entered the sealed burial chamber of the ancient Egyptian ruler King Tutankhamun. Because of the ancient Egyptians saw their pharaohs as gods, they carefully preserved their bodies after death, burying them in elaborate tombs containing rich treasures to accompany the rulers in their afterlife. In the 19th century, archaeologists from all over the world flocked to Egypt where they uncovered a number of tombs. Many had long since been broken into by robbers and stripped of their riches. When Carter arrived in Egypt in 1891, he became convinced there was at least one uncovered tomb, one of the little-known Tutankhamun, or King Tut, who lived in 1400 B.C. and died when he was still a teenager. Backed by a rich Brit, Lord Cavernon, uh, Carter served for five years without success. In early 1922, Lord Cavernon wanted to call off the search, but uh, Carter convinced him to hold on one more year. In November 1922, the wait paid off when Carter team, they found the steps hidden in the debris near the entrance of another tomb. The steps led to the ancient sealed doorway bearing the name of Tutankhamun. When Carter and Lord Cavernon entered the tomb's interior chambers on November the 26th, they were thrilled to find it's virtually intact with its treasures untouched more than 3,000 years. The man began exploring the four rooms of the tomb, and on February the 16th, 1923, under the watchful eyes of a number of important officials, Carter opened the door to the last chamber. Inside lay a sarcophagus with three coffins nestled inside one another. The last coffin, made of solid gold, contained the mummified body of King Tut. Among the riches found in the tomb, uh, golden shrines, jewelry, statues, a chariot, weapons, clothing, the perfectly preserved mummy that was the most valuable as it was the first one ever to be discovered. Despite rumors that the curse would befall anyone who disturbed the tomb, it was its treasures were carefully cataloged, removed, and included in a famous traveling exhibition called The Treasures of Tutankhamun. The exhibit's uh, permanent home in Egypt in the museum in Cairo. 1923, all this time, 3,000 years, perfectly preserved body of King Tutankhamun, a teenager. Well, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo sent a letter to the U.S. Drug and Administration and uh, Food and Drug Administration that said the reporting of a life-threatening conditions increased by 4,400% in Florida following the release of the COVID-19 vaccine. 4,400%. Ladapo's letter 
uh, told the FDA that the academic researchers throughout the United States and around the globe have seen troubling safety signals of adverse events surrounding the vaccine. Uh, he said that their concerns are corroborated by the increase in reports from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. We have never seen this type of response following a previous uh, mass vaccination effort uh, pushed by the federal government, Ladapo said. In uh, Florida alone, Ladapo said it included 1,700% increase in reports from the Vaccine's Adverse Event Report System, or VAERS, after the release of the vaccine compared to an increase of 400% in vaccine administration for the same period in Florida alone. He then noted that the report of life-threatening conditions increased by 4,400%. That's just totally unacceptable. The Vaccine Adverse Event uh, Reporting System is a national early warning system to detect possible safety problems in U.S. licensing vaccines and in co-managed by the CDC and FDA. It accepts and analyzes reports of adverse events, possible side effects, after a person has received the vaccination. Anyone can report an adverse event to VAERS. In the letter, Ladapo uh, pointed to a recent study that showed mRNA vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious side effects, including coagulation disorders, acute cardiac injuries, Bell's palsy, and encephalitis, just to name a few. To claim these vaccines are safe and effective while minimizing and disregarding the adverse effects is unconscionable, Ladapo uh, said. The Surgeon General told the FDA that we need unbiased research to better understand short and long-term effects of the COVID vaccines. Ladapo requested that the FDA promote transparency to accurately communicate the risks of COVID vaccines. As a father, physician, and Surgeon General for the state of Florida, I request that you your agencies promote transparency in healthcare professionals to accurately communicate the risks these vaccines pose. I request that you work to protect the rights and liberties that those who are endowed with not restrict and diminish them, Ladapo said. The COVID-19 pandemic brought many challenges to the health and medical field that have never been encountered. Although the initial response was led by a sense of urgency and crisis management, I believe it is critical that as a public health officials, our responses are adapted to the present to be chart to chart a future guided by data and common sense, he said. Ladapo previously said the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are less safe than other vaccines based on an autopsy-based clinical research and cardiology study. In uh, October, Ladapo announced new RMNA COVID-19 vaccine guidance advising against males aged 18 to 39 from taking these vaccines due to the reported 84% increase in the relative incidence of heart-related deaths. He told the FDA in a letter that Florida remained dedicated to responding to COVID-19 and other public health concerns through data-driven decisions. We will continue to shed light on the safety and efficacy of the medications, including mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, that could be an imminent threat to those who with pre-existing conditions. We also promote the importance of prevention by supporting good nutrition, exercise, and other healthy habits, Ladapo said. We are so fortunate to have him in the state of Florida. And right now, we know that uh, in some blue states, they're already uh, proceeding with approving uh, COVID-19 vaccines uh, for kids ages 5 to 13. 
This is just unconscionable. This is going forward at the same time that Ladapo is calling out this huge increase in mortality here in the state of Florida because of the vaccines. Well, the national deficit will hit $1.4 trillion for fiscal year 2023 and more than double and nearly $2.9 trillion by 2033, according to analysis of the new CBO data. The Congressional Budget Office said Wednesday that national debt will reach 118% of GDP by 2033, the highest level ever recorded, and continue to rise if current laws generally remain unchanged. The projection was uh, part of a nonpartisan office's uh, budget and economic outlook for 2023 to 33. According to the report, the national debt is projected to increase by $22 trillion over the next 10 years, reaching $46 trillion by 2033. An analysis of the report by the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget found that na- nation's Deficit will grow $1.4 trillion for fiscal 2023 and more than double to nearly $2.9 trillion by 2033. The nonprofit budget watchdog group also concluded, based on the CBO report, that interest costs on the debt will grow from $475 billion in 2022 to more than $1.4 trillion, a record 3.6%. Uh, of GDP uh, by 2033. The group also concluded that the three major federal trust funds, the Highway Trust Fund, Medicare Hospital Insurance, and Social Security Old Age and Survivors Insurance will be exhausted within the decade. Maya McGinnis, uh, the president of the CRFB, described the CBO's latest figures as daunting and an important dose of reality for politicians making promises they can't afford to keep. Our debt is headed into a new record in only five years, while interest costs will triple over the next decade, she said. Social Security and Medicare hospital insurance are only a decade from insolvency. Contrast these projections against politicians in both parties applauding a call to leave Social Security and Medicaid untouched. McGinnis said that uh, she said President Biden's costly student debt cancellation boosted recorded deficits in 2022 and artificially lowered them in 2023. So sad right now. The table is set right now for these discussions between uh, the president and uh, Kevin McCarthy. They need to sit down and really think about how they're going to shave costs uh, from the current uh, expenditures uh, and while they consider increasing the uh, debt ceiling. Just absolutely imperative based on this information. Well, the Supreme Court is set to consider whether to reconsider or whether to hear a lawsuit alleging President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, former Vice President Mike Pence, 291 House members and 94 senators violated their oath of office by refusing to investigate evidence of fraud in the 2020 election before certifying Biden as the victor on January the 6th, allowing for Biden and Harris to be fraudulently inaugurated. The plan, uh, plaintiff, Rayland Brunson, uh, seeks the defendant's removal from office for violating their oaths. After the Supreme Court declined on January 6th to hear Brunson's lawsuit, he filed a petition for reconsideration on January 23rd, on February the 1st, the court scheduled a private conference for reconsidering the petition on Friday when four of the nine justices must vote to grant the case 
a hearing before it to move forward. Brunson, who was pres- representing himself in the case, originally filed the lawsuit, uh, Brunson versus Alma S. Adams, on uh, June the 21st, 2021, in Utah's 2nd District. In uh, August 2021, the case was moved from the state court to U.S. District Court. After court ruled after Brunson in February of 22, he repealed to the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, there's probably very little chance that they will hear this course. I, I pray that the Supreme will, Court will, in fact, hear this case. It's an important case, and it uh, gets right to the, to the uh, election integrity. And uh, the Supreme Court, I realize this is a different, uh, difficult case and way out of line with regard to the usual cases that they cover. But my really hope that they will consider and reconsider and uh, uh, this uh, review this case uh, because it's so critical, and uh, the, there's no question that the uh, the uh, election in 2020 was overturned or, and uh, <clears throat> uh, stolen, quite frankly. And uh, this should be looked at. The Supreme Court has a wonderful opportunity to put this to bed once and for all, and I hope that they will. <laughs> This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. 
Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, your health plan may not cover international travel. And if you want to travel with confidence, you need to make sure that you're insured while you're traveling abroad. You can go to internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com, to find out more. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visited with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. It's always a pleasure to do so. Thank you, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're a coalition of uh, now. We're a coalition of now over two hundred and fifty thousand people across Florida. Wow. Uh, we focus. We focus on K through twelve education. Uh, we're very involved in uh, legislative cycle, trying to um, expand school choice and get rid of the indoctrinations in our public schools. Um, so, uh, kind of in a nutshell, that's what we do. Yeah, I do terrific work. Do been around for about a decade and having tremendous positive influence on the legislature, state legislature, and the uh, 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 public school commissioner as well. So, Keith, uh, a lot of key people are considering uh, uh, charter schools. They're considering sending their kids to alternatives to public schools. Is there uh, some sort of a micro consideration as well? Yeah, in fact, uh, we have uh, kicked off a major project uh, at the beginning of January. We've been working on it for about four months mm. uh, to help families uh, form one-room uh, one schoolhouses, minis, micros. The, when you stop and think about it, and I, I, I think we've talked about this on your show, our public schools, um, you know, for the last 150 years, have been built on a foundation of socialism. Uh, many of us grew up in that and didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. But as you know, over the last uh, you know few years, uh, you know they they've become exceeding. Anyway, I, I I think you could actually argue, and we do that they've become very Marxist in their implementation because of the influence of the unions. So we've always said that that a major part of the uh, equation is to getting you know giving parents the alternative to get their kids out of government schools. And we just recently formed a partnership with four organizations uh, that provide a faith-based um, curriculum mm-hmm. and content. Uh, one of them is uh, My Father's World, which is an amazing uh, organization uh, that provides both homeschool and one-room schoolhouse content organized so that uh, moms and dads can come together in small groups of 10 kids and for literally for three hundred dollars a year, hmm. uh, they can they can uh, provide a qu- high quality education to their uh, to to their, their ten children. Uh, we work with Classical Conversations, which is the second. Uh, the third is a uh, an organization called Face stands for Foundation for American Christian Education. They have a, a what they call a principal approach, which is <coughs> helping 
moms and dads, uh, teachers, if you will, uh, really understand how to teach, um, you know, the, the principles of our Constitution from a biblical world. <coughs> so uh, those are examples of uh, what we're trying to do. We've uh, uh, implemented a program of ambassadors. Uh, think of them as consultants. Uh, they're going to have uh, territory uh, by d- district here in Florida. Eventually, we'd like to have uh, one in most of uh, most all of the major uh, counties. And their role is to be a consultant uh, to help these moms and dads who uh, maybe the way to think about them since COVID. A lot of moms and dads realize that the public schools, with their indoctrination, with their LGBTQ content or their gender dysphoria are just not the right place for their kids, but yeah. they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know what to do. So uh, this is an alternative uh, that that's, uh, produces a, a high-quality um, uh, student outcome built on, uh, on, on moral character. So we're excited about the program. Sounds great. I mean, the, the whole notion of a one school, uh, one room schoolhouse again is just pretty amazing to me. H- how about accreditation? Is there a problem with that? Now, actually, uh, th- there are ways to accredit. Uh, we are working with uh, an organization that has a relationship with a number of colleges uh, that are that are accredited um, uh, Christian schools, mm-hmm. and so there's a way to accredit through that, but. I, I would argue that when you stop and think about accreditation, and this is going to be really foreign to many of your listeners, uh, accreditation to what? Accreditation to the destruction of our country? Yeah. Uh, all of the teachers, literally coming out of our liberal colleges, are, are woke yeah. and, and believe in that. So what does accreditation mean? Uh, accreditation should be in the hands of the the moms and dads who are selecting the right program for their kids and, and, and then, you know, being involved in the outcome. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of baggage that comes with this notion of accreditation. Yeah, that's a good point, Keith. Uh, so uh, what, 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 has to, what has to happen in order for a group of parents to get together and form a, a mini school district or a school uh, a, 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 a one-room schoolhouse, a micro, a pod. Yes. There are lots of terms being applied to this, but literally it just takes a, gr- a small group of parents, two or three parents, uh, with, with t- you know, ten kids who come together decide they're going to start a one-room schoolhouse or a mini-micro. They can do it in their garage. They can team up with a local business that has ex- excess capacity. Um, you know, you, you can create a, a five-day-a-week micro school or you can actually create a hybrid where you're t- two or three days a week um, in a class for literally for four hours a day and then the rest uh, of, of the, the four hours in the week are uh, in a homeschooling where the, the kids are working on their own under the uh, you know under the auspices of their parent um, but literally for four hours a day, uh, you can provide a very high-quality education, and then the rest of the time in the day is family time. It's really time for those uh, kids to, to uh, you know, f- uh, build relationships and enjoy life uh, rather than being stuck in a classroom that is, um, you know, turning, uh, uh, t- 
turning out kids that, um, you know, seventy percent of the kids in this country don't believe social or believe socialism is the only way forward. Yeah. Uh, and and when you think about the drugs, and the violence, and the bullying that goes on in our schools, public schools. All of that can be avoided by moms and dads who just decide to take control of their child's life. Great alternative, uh, Keith. And uh, so, uh, is there a demand for this? I mean, have you been able to demonstrate the fact that people will uh, take advantage of it if it exists? Well, there's a. Uh, we believe there's a huge demand uh, because COVID really highlighted the fact that there are a lot of parents who are frustrated with what's going on in the public school, but many of those parents don't believe they have uh, the opportunity, you know, the skill to do this. I had a, I had a doctor two days ago, very accomplished doctor, to tell me that he didn't, uh, felt, didn't feel he had the uh, skill to be a teacher for his children. Wow. Uh, give me a break, yeah. <laughs> right? Certainly more qualified than most of the people that are teaching right now. Keith Law, again, uh, uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. I just want to mention the event coming up in March. Yeah, we have a gala that's uh, just a couple weeks away now, March 8th. Uh, you can get your tickets at uh, goflca.org. Um, it's with uh, Newt Gingrich. It's going to be at the Ritz. And uh, it really is a, a major aspect of our funding for the year. Uh, and so buy a ticket and help us. Uh, continue to rescue kids from our broken school system. Absolutely. GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Have a great weekend, Bob. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. 
That's 239-938-7700 or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Well, you know, times are changing, and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional, somber, formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. On Sunday, this coming Sunday, February the 19th, Hodges Life Celebration Center, located at 26051 South Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, is going to host a community open house and reception from 2 to 4 p.m. with a ribbon cutting and champagne toast at 3.15 p.m. The new facility reflects the latest innovation in funeral services by the Hodges brand. It's a dynamic and it's a, uh, in its capacity to accommodate both traditional and non-traditional funeral and memorials, said Michelle Matuzak, the funeral director. But we're also eager to extend our facility to the community as a gathering place for those wanting to host a special brunch or luncheon among friends or perhaps a dinner to host an anniversary or a milestone event or offer catering that's second to none, said Matuzak. Special guest at the event will be Mrs. Thelma Hodges. She's the widow of founder Earl Hodges, who passed in 2013. The two arrived in Naples in 1955. Uh, She arrived for a dinner party, and he arrived to stop and see uh, family on the way back to uh, Tennessee. Well, they ended up getting together for dinner that night, uh, kind of a surprise, and ended up being married for 55 years as a result. By the way, she's one of the founding NCH uh, nurses, and he was a veteran returning from the Korean War uh, and making a stop to see uh, family. Uh, she is just a special woman. Uh, Mrs. Thelma Hodges I had the privilege of having dinner with her. She was honored by NCH as a pioneer nurse. At age 94, she remains bright and keenly recollective regarding all things Southwest Florida. So I hope you'll RSVP for the event. You can call 239 239- Three three six six five three three three. That's two three nine, three six six five three three three. Again, that's uh, this coming Sunday, uh, February the nineteenth, from two to four uh, p.m. Well, uh, the FBI has twice searched the University of Delaware in connection with the federal investigation into Joe Biden's handling of classified materials. A source familiar with the uh, investigation said. Both searches occurred in recent weeks with the cooperation of the Biden legal team, an outlet reported. None of the retrieved materials appear to have been marked classified, the source said. Federal agents examined separate materials on separate days. The first batch of documents was an archive of documents from Biden's tenure as a Delaware senator, while the second contained more recent materials. The exact nature of the materials that the federal agents recovered remains unclear. The search of the school mark uh, uh, some of the latest efforts to identify and recover classified materials that Biden may have improperly stored after the initial discovery of classified materials at the Penn-Biden Center in Washington. And by the way, 
that Penn Biden Center was funded by millions of dollars from the Communist Chinese Party after uh, Biden uh, inaugurated the entire event. A lawyer for the president happened to be uh, happened upon materials purportedly containing intelligence on Iran and UK and U- Ukraine while cleaning out Biden's office at the center last year. Subsequent searches of Biden's occupied properties turned up more materials, including a batch of documents locked in Biden's garage in his Delaware home. It's not good. And, of course, this is now all splashed on to uh, Mike Pence, to, of course, uh, President Donald Trump. And uh, we'll see how this all turns out. But quite frankly, it makes me wonder if perhaps using Trump and uh, Pence is not going to become an excuse to allow uh, Biden off the hook. I certainly hope not. He needs to be held accountable. Things are beginning to close in right now on the investigation, and it's good to see. And uh, Biden needs to be uh, held accountable. Uh, Mojave County Supervisor Ron Gould spoke out on behalf of Abe Hamaday's uh, lawsuit uh, challenging the stolen Arizona Attorney General race last November, calling for a new trial. The Gateway Pundit reported that Abe Hamaday filed a motion for new trial in the Mojave County Supervisor Superior Court after a statutory recount of votes in Penal County recovered hundreds of votes that mis- were miscounted, bringing the margin of victory to 280 votes out of more than 2,592,000 ballots that were cast statewide. This is the closest race in Arizona history. Hamaday received, uh, recently filed a new response to defendants in his motion for a new trial, and we are awaiting a decision from the court on whether or not to reconsider this lawsuit. Katie Hobbs knew about the recount discrepancy in Penal County, but withheld the information in court prior to the lawsuit's dismissal. The Gateway Pundit reported that Hobbs' lawyer asked uh, to delay the recount results from being presented more than the uh, lawsuit was dismissed before knowing it, something was wrong in the Penal County. Abe Hamaday is now calling for a statewide ballot inspection to determine if votes were wrongfully discarded or wrongfully counted. Katie Hobbs' uh, withholding of evidence as a Secretary of State in Abe's first trial undermines both the integrity of the election process and the justice system itself, wrote Ron Gould. Not inspecting uh, all of the ballots or counting all of the votes challenges the validity of the election. Gould also slammed Maricopa County for running an abysmal election day. (laughs) This should all be very interesting as this unfolds. Reminder that... uh, Right now, uh, the uh, governor's race is still up, being content, uh, contested, and uh, we'll see how this all turns out. But it's uh, right now, Arizona is uh, the center of attention, and uh, hopefully Katie Hobbs will not serve as governor. She did not earn the election, number one. And number two, Abe Habaday certainly deserves to be elected. Uh, hopefully this will be resolved as well in a very positive way. Okay, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government. And in an unrelated note, I was doing less refrigerating because I accidentally turned off the refrigerator, I realized, putting my water in last night. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope nothing's spoiled. <laughs> it's on, it was on zero all night. Now, fortunately, the door was closed, so I hope I didn't lose anything, but we'll see. Well, anyway, sorry well, to get sidetracked. That's I okay. Just, I looked inside, I was like, why is the light off in the fridge? And it's because the refrigeration's off in the fridge. I just want to rem- um, remind our listeners that uh, you moved to Belize, and I hope the transition has been smooth for you. It sounds oh, it's been it's been smooth and getting better. And I just it's it's nice living in a country where no one's debating whether or not men can get pregnant. I must, I must say, I'm, I, 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 this is kind of an interesting experience for me, uh, having your friendship and, and knowing you for a while now and having you move to Belize. I'm kind of enjoying the trip vicariously. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I love it. I just spoke to my parent, my mother yesterday, actually, and I'm happier than I've been in two decades. Uh, you know, I, <coughs> I, well, I, I was a musician, and I had to, I had to get jobs to you know, buy groceries while I was a musician. Um, and I ran bars for years. And, of course, bartending, you get tipped in cash. Uh-huh. And I realized, my, in the last year I really bartended all year was 2000, a long time ago. And I realized 
I was more liquid as far as, you know, ability to go out and buy things and live a life then than I was in 2022 because I just turned over my receipts and everything to my accountant. I made four times as much money last year as I did in 2020, and I was more liquid in 2020. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's just the government is an impediment to everything. I uh, a phrase I came up with since I moved down here, it's amazing what less government can do. My uncle, Nick, was a very successful attorney and, and, and did very, very well, and he's retired now. And I told him my property tax on my 85 feet of Caribbean Sea waterfront is $10 U.S. <coughs> per year. And he said, he said, how does the government do anything with that little money? I said, that's the point. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. That's. That's the objective, and, you know, everything's remarkably cheap down here. You know, if you want to, there's, I, I just bought food yesterday from a Belizean Mexican taco stand, and it's, it's a little shack right on the side of the main road in the Placencia village. I'm on the peninsula of Placencia. Their government regulation, I spoke to another shack runner across the street, and she said, yeah, they come in once a year and they check on you, but it's very minimal. Again, we seem to have forgotten in the U.S. that who cares more about not poisoning their customers than the people who want them as customers? Right. You don't need the government to come in. You know, I went through this with my house after my house got flooded and destroyed in, 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 in Goodland, in Collier County, Florida. Allegedly <laughs> friendly Collier County, Florida. I wasted $100,000. Uh meeting government regulations on the new build of my house after the flood that was that were totally unnecessary to, to live in the house. And again, who cares more about the safety of the house than me, the person who's going to live in it? Right. So, you know, we, we forget that the, the, the inherent human nature of self-preservation makes 98% of these regulations unnecessary. In a third-world country... Self-preservation is all they think about, because that's you know that's what matters, yeah. and that's what they have to worry about. So none of this stupid, you know. I said, you know, the the U.S. can afford to be so stupid as to debate whether or not men can get pregnant. No one in Belize can afford to do that. No. So that's, that's been my chief entertainment since moving down here is telling native Belizeans we're debating that, <laughs> and they all look at me like, "Are you guys idiots?" Yeah. I mean, literally say that. You know, you got you got a third world country resident, lifelong Belizean, saying you guys are idiots. I'm like, I I, I can't argue with that assessment. Hey, uh, before I let you go, uh, tell us about your latest piece uh, in. Uh... Oh yeah, the, the, the Federal Trade Commission. It's interesting. I wrote this on Tuesday morning, and while I was writing it, a Republican commissioner, the FTC is like the FCC. There's five commissioners. When it's fully populated, <coughs> three of the president's party, two of the um, two of the opposition party. You okay, Bob? I'm all right. Um, <laughs> and um, and so the chairman is this, is this academic, this this college professor who was a, a Hill staffer for a little while, named Lena Khan, and she's out of completely out of control. And a Republican uh, named Ruth Wilson, I think, no, uh, Christina Wilson. Uh, resigned and wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal that published Tuesday morning when I published my piece, so I didn't get to incorporate it because she was, she was, it was publishing while I was publishing. Yeah. Um, but she resigned and said, this woman's completely out of control, 
and I don't want to be any part of. Even I don't even want to be there and vote no. Huh. Because she's so out of control. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to have any impromptu or of uh, real or imagined of mine placed upon what they're doing. They're just completely out of control. One of the examples I wrote about, which I thought was hilarious, they're trying to go back in time and unmerge. Altria is the, the big cigarette company, huh. and they purchased Juul. Remember Juul, the vaping company? Sure. Well, after they purchased Juul for almost $13 billion, the federal government outlawed vaping. Huh. So Juul's value basically went to nothing. Ninety, It lost 90-some percent of its value because its product is illegal. And even though the government's already done that to them, the FTC is trying to make the merger unhappen. And at this point, I, I would imagine, you know, I didn't think about this when I was writing the piece, but at this point, maybe Altria wants it to <laughs> reverse. <laughs> you know? Um, get their, you know, there's no way to get their 13 million back, billion back, but they can get a jewel off their book. But yeah, it's just, they're doing all kinds of crazy anti-free market stuff. Uh, in her piece, she said, I've spoken to businesses in, all, in, in most sectors of the economy, and everyone says they're afraid to make any move at all for fear of what Lena Khan at the Federal Trade Commission is going to do to them uh, should they engage in that business practice. So what she's doing, basically, is pouring amber over the entire economy and freezing it in place. Wow. And obviously that's not a very good thing. Is she going to last, or will they try to... Uh... What is Biden? Is Biden going to care if we don't like her? No. I mean, we're trying to get rid of Mayorkas, the the head of the Homeland Security Department, because they haven't enforced the border in two years. Does Biden care? No. Does she? Does he care that we don't like Lena Khan? No, I doubt it. Huh. So you know, maybe in the budget negotiations they could go to you know they can go to the Democrats to Biden and say, okay, we'll cede some of these budget negotiations. If you get rid of Lena Khan, but then the problem is, are we running out of whacked out leftist college professors to replace her with? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. There's not. Well, the, the, you know, uh, bet long on on whacked out leftist college professors. So you know, I, I I don't. Yes, personnel is policy, and she's terrible. But even if we get rid of her, you know, even if we get rid of my orcas, the the, the 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 person Biden's team picks because of course he's got alzheimer's and doesn't he picks what channel he watches in the afternoon when he has tapioca pudding but whoever his team picks is likely going to be worse than my arcus as as, as hard to imagine that is yeah the person he picks to replace khan will be likely worse than khan as, as hard as that is to imagine unbelievable again seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare your elected officials to win in the legislature, and you can find out more by visiting the website vfga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, Bob, it's uh, my pleasure on this spectacular-looking Thursday morning uh, in sunny Naples, right? It is indeed. So we're right here in the cauldron of political activity in Naples. (laughs) Any good scoop? Well, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty busy down at the city, uh, trying to trying to uh, move some things forward in a in a uh, shotgun approach, which got stopped. Thank goodness. Uh, they're um, you know they're still they're still hell bent on um, uh, passing some some city legislation about governing what you can and can't build with a home. If your home was uh, destroyed by the hurricane or damaged, uh, and they've been talking about lot lines, and uh, it, it's very convoluted. And what happened was, Bob, the um, there's a, a, a good group of people, uh, younger citizens, I would say. Well, anybody's young compared to me, but uh, younger citizens that have gotten together, and uh, these are professional people. These are young professionals, and they said, hey, you can't can't just do this you have to have community meetings uh things that we used to do and um so they were down at city hall uh uh, on moss uh uh on monday and um and they they uh they had a consultant down there The, the, the city council had hired a consultant uh to give them a report and the consultant uh got the message i guess and said i think that maybe we need to take some more time on this 
and uh, we'll have some community meetings and uh, um, a lot more community meetings. And, and so um, uh, that's what they decided to do. Of course, there were a few council members that were not happy about that. Uh, Ms. Petronoff uh, uh, and, um, and Vice Mayor McCabe was uh, having a fit. He wanted this thing put through. We're in a hurry. We have to get this done. And uh, it just didn't make any sense. So the end result of that for now is they have uh, postponed that. They are going to have some, as they say, community meetings and let the public weigh in. And uh, we're going to hear from some architects and some people that we need to hear from before that moves forward. Um, because meanwhile, because if you wanted to go and you wanted to do something uh, uh, to your home, uh, and you go to get a permit, they're going to tell you, well, um, no, we can't issue issue this because we, we just don't know if we can do this or not. Right. Uh, because of code changes and because of the hurricane and everything else. And so um, they're going to do it the right way. At least for now they are anyway. And then, you know, the other thing was the whole, the whole, the whole talk on uh, TV and um, newspaper and everything was that our fire chief, Pete DeMaria, uh, resigned. He retired. And there was an investigation, allegedly, there was a complaint filed against him, we don't know by whom or why, um, a, a while ago, and uh, n- nobody said whom. Uh, and um, so I guess he had had enough. I mean, Pete, Pete was, Pete's a great guy. I mean, he, he was, he's been with the city since 1989, uh, and I knew him when he first started because I started in 84. And uh, he's done nothing but but good things for the city. I'll tell you, um, he built a wonderful fire department, or helped build a wonderful fire department with the guys and gals down there. Um, we went from a midi- mediocre to a top ranked fire department. Um, uh, he he was with us through the you know the hurricanes. He uh, helped. His leadership was really good there. And um, you know, I can say nothing but good things. Uh, Wink. Uh, uh, TV did a, did a little interview with me about him and um, Paul Perry, the city councilman, and we all said the same thing. He's just a good guy. I don't know anybody that met Pete Marie, Maria that didn't like him. So, and he had every right to uh, retire. Oh, my gosh, he came back as assistant city manager because he he had to. We didn't have one. Yeah. So, you know, take all those things into <coughs> excuse me consideration. And uh, so he retired, but, you know, they've always got to make a big deal out of something, right? Absolutely. So is there some sort of a cloud hanging over his retirement? No, absolutely not. He, he had Nope. He, he was on administrative leave, Bob, uh, with pay. And as I said, um, look, when you put somebody on administrative leave with pay, uh, it kind of gives you a little, uh, a little hint that, well, if there was something major criminal or whatever it is that they were going to file or they had, a, they had this major thing on him, uh, that wouldn't have happened. So right. he, um, yeah, so he just took his retirement and, uh, he, if anybody earned it, he did. So that's the latest, um, uh, on that. And, um, they're slowly but surely, um, I see getting beach ends, uh, uh, back together and moving along, uh, in that direction. But, um, it, it was a pretty wild week down there at council. Uh, there was a little blow up down there yesterday. Ms. Heitman, the mayor had to call her recess i guess um she came back in saying we have to have uh we we have to have civility here and you know since when but anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so, Bill, uh, just to add the previous point that you had made, it seems to me if uh, people don't suffer damage as a result of Ian, and right. uh, this, usually what happens is that uh, there's they kind of loosen up on the rules in terms of making sure that you're able to rebuild what you had. So, so make it right. make it easier to move move forward. Right? It sounds to me like they've gummed up the works and making it difficult in, in order to get permitting. Well, that is that's that's a very good part of it, Bob, and that's the way it seems to be. Um, and there are some that say, "Hey, let, let you know, let's put these new laws into effect, these new rules into effect." And uh, uh, some of the professionals, the young professionals, um, say, "Absolutely not! You just you can't you can't do this. You're not giving us clear definition uh, of of what should or can be done." And we're, you know, so they're actually going to help them um, get this thing it away so that you know what you're doing down there right but yeah i mean get it and get it resolved so that's uh that's what's going on down there and i mean they have so many meetings bob it's hard to keep up with uh one meeting after another then the last thing i'll tell you before you before you boot me off is the uh the they had a big thing on the airport okay they had an airport meet airport authority meeting uh with city council and uh, a few of the council people are in favor of. They're trying to start this again. A matter of fact, McCabe said, "Well, I'm going to. We're going to start a petition to move the airport." <laughs> really? Like, are you serious? Um, I mean, they're they're just complaining about the noise, which has been a, an ongoing forever for as long as you and I've been on the show, you know. But it's 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 gotten better. But they're saying no, it hasn't. We want to move it to to somewhere else. Uh, uh, I mean, the you know, with the plane should take use different flight paths. They don't realize that it's the FAA that com- that controls all this, and uh, they was it was pretty fired up. They um, they they and and the airport authority director Chris Rosansky, who's a terrific young man, tried to explain to them some of the things that they could do and some of the things they couldn't do. But moving the airport, Bob, you remember way back when that when that came up? Um, I mean, that was. Years yeah. ago, there was no place to move it, and even if there was, then it wasn't a consideration. And now, where in the world would you move that airport to? I uh, no idea. So, Bill, it's just no. unbelievable. Yep, yep. So you'll 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 read, I'm sure, some of that. So that's been the weekend. Uh, that's been the scoop of the, uh, for the week. Always great scoop, Bill. Always great to hear from you. I really appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you well, so much for joining us. All right. Well, you have a good one, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Oh, we've got some great guests for tomorrow's show, including uh, William Yateman. He is a director, uh, senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Larry Bell is professor, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Crystal Kinzel is our uh, c- controller and clerk of courts, and Michelle Matuzak will be joining us as well. She's the funeral director at Hodges Funeral Home. Big event coming up on the 19th. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.